Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending what part of the world you are joining us from. I am your host, Alex Faust, um, but very excited to have Steve Baker joining us today. Steve, if you're not already familiar with him, is the vice president of Great Game of Business, Inc., and the co-author of Get in the Game, as well as the updated version of the number one bestseller, The Great Game of Business. So I'm very excited to have him join us to talk about what Great Game of Business actually means in practice, and hopefully we'll be able to provide you with some actionable tips and insights about improving engagement and experience in your organization. So Steve, welcome back to Conversations at the Edge. Welcome back to Growth Institute. And uh, where are you calling in from today? I'm actually at home in Springfield, Missouri. It's good to see you, Alex. Steve, you know, for people who may not have ever read the book or don't know anything about Great Game of Business, what is it and why is it so important in today's business climate? Yeah, I've been traveling a lot this year, Alex. Um, you know, after COVID, I didn't know what was going to happen. But as things have opened up, people are hungry for us to be out there, you know, at events and conferences and things. And so more than ever, I think that what I'm hearing from entrepreneurs and business owners in every sector, they're telling me that um, what, what I really need now is alignment to our goals. You know, I really need everybody on the same page. I need to be pulling the same direction. Um and getting people to think and act more like business people. Well, that's what we've been doing for almost 40 years. So it's really kind of interesting that what they crave is that connection, um, the understanding that they have about the business. That's what they want their people to have is just a little bit more of that direct line of sight to the company goals. And Great Game is really all about doing that, is getting um, a business to start building itself as a business of business people who think and act and feel more like the owners do. So that's the big idea. People call it open book management a lot, but you know, that's, that's a bit of a misnomer. And in the, in the great game of business book. And of course you talk about this in the course as well. There's a quote that says like the most efficient, most profitable way to operate a business is to give everybody in the company a voice and saying how it's run and then a stake in the outcome, good or bad. So mm. I'm wondering if you can elaborate on this, like, what is the stake that you're talking about? How much of a voice should people be having? Does it matter, you know, the levels inside the organization? If you could just talk to us a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Well, the stake in the outcome, let's hit that first, because that's really important to me, because, you know, I think of it as like my short-term, mid-term, and long-term rewards. So it might be my paycheck, my healthcare benefits. We're an employee-owned company, so I think of that. Maybe it's my 401k. All of that stuff and bonuses. I love bonuses, Alex. I'm really a big fan of <laughs> bonuses. Um, but the stake in the outcome is the stake in the outcome. So what if we have a bad outcome? You know, that's what most people get. They all have a stake in the outcome now, but it's usually like bad. Ask Twitter. You know, it's like it's, they don't know what they're doing until it's over. And then they're like, well, why didn't anyone tell us? Well, what I want to get to is, you know, there's more to it, right? We, we want to give people a voice. And if we want to do that, we got to teach them how the business runs, how it operates, how it uh, makes money and generates cash, and then connect them and their daily actions and decisions to the financial outcomes of those actions and decisions. Now that's line of sight, right? They're, they're really connected. And so um, 
then we talk about the stake in the outcome, right? It's like, we have to understand how we can affect this, the outcome before we can say, what's the stake? I'd rather give it to them in a good way. So um, the other thing that you mentioned is, you know, it, it's not just, it is a voice. It's not a vote. The great game of business is not a substitute for good leadership. It's an accelerator. So if we're good leaders and we're pointing the company in the right direction, and we ask people to, hey, come on board, let's build a great organization we're going to have a much better outcome uh, rather than just, you know, trickling down or cascading KPIs onto people thinking that, that we know all the answers. Well, we're the ones furthest from the numbers in many cases. Why don't we ask the people closest to the numbers, how to make those numbers better? That's great. So what's the best way to teach, you know, non-financial people, financial literacy and, and the, the business skills and acumen that you need as an owner, but we should then expect, you know, other folks in, in the team to have as well. Yeah. Well, so our founder and uh, author of the original book, you know, Jack Stack, you know, he's the father of open book management, by the way, he hates that terminology because it's like, no, no, don't, it's not about me. It's about the system. Right. Um, and that's what I love about really good, great game leaders is they're like Jack, they're humble. And they're like, Hey, it's about the organization. He found out the best way to teach people numbers was to not try to turn them into accountants. So common sense financials for common sense people and common sense performance. The thing is common sense, as you know, ain't all that common. And so we have to teach people a basic language that we can all share. And, and when we get to speak in the same language, all of a sudden we have a reason to an ability to transcend some of the barriers that we put up around ourselves, right? So you start breaking down the silos between departments because we have common goals, right? We're trying to make money and generate cash. We're trying to do these things with the organization. And it's not about territory. It's not about me winning and you losing because we're on the same team, but nobody ever told us that. So um, in the course, we actually give a number of different exercises. I like to think of them as really basic, simple exercises that keep get our people in the game. And then in practice, when you're actually beginning to implement the great game of business, I think it's a combination of a little bit of formal training and a whole lot of what I call training in the flow of work, going to the huddles, forecasting your numbers, doing the math with your team, building a simplified income statement. It's all simple stuff. And dude, if I can learn it, anyone can. And I've seen this go on in, again, every sector, every industry, every kind of organization you can imagine, because that's the only thing we share amongst every country every industry and everything else is the financials. They are universal and they've been around for 500 years. They ain't going to change while you and I are alive. What about for a family business? Should you be sharing the sales with all of the employees? So transparency is a spectrum. Um, if, if you want to think of it as kind of like one of those um, shades that you can you can actually change the amount of transparency that, you know, so you can see through a window differently and, and that sort of thing. Um, some people are like, I mean, I, I spoke to a group of co-ops recently. Co-ops are a different form of employee ownership, by the way, and they share everything. And like, if they get bonus, everybody gets the exact same dollar bonus. You know, it's like they share salary information, everything. We don't share salary information. We think that's divisive. So for a family owned business, you may start out with some transparency and work your way into how much transparency do we need to have? I never really want to expose, you know, what an owner makes, it's really no one's business. And if they want to start their own business and become an owner, by golly, it's, you know, it's their opportunity. And most of the folks watching this are, are in countries where that is something that can be done. Now, 
that set aside, it is scary, right? It's scary to say, well, what if people find out, uh, this is what I hear most, Alex. What if somebody finds out how much the company makes? They're going to want more. Everybody lean in. Here's a secret. They already want more, <laughs> right? I want more. Alex wants more. You guys want more. I want to surround myself with people who want more because that will be the group that will get us more. Now, the, the thing is, um, it's not about what you make, but I'll tell you another secret. Your people already think you make more than you actually do. And we will do tons of uh, exercises in this to actually show people it's hard to make money in this business and this industry. It is much harder than you think. And when, then we back it up with research. We show you what the uh, uh, average company makes and what the, uh, you know, Alex, we did this uh, recently in the webinar. It's powerful to, to think that folks think you make this much. In fact, you make this much and there's a huge difference and we've got to work hard to beat the competition in the marketplace. So why beat each other up? But um, yeah, in a family-owned business, there's something, another dynamic, and that is oftentimes members of the family may not be working in the business. And so now you've got another dynamic you got to deal with because maybe Uncle Mark is out there pulling a salary, but he doesn't actually work in the company. So you've got some complexity there and we can talk through that. The main thing is, is that transparency is your friend. Transparency is a, a skill and a tool, all, all this stuff. It's about uh, don't do it in a vacuum. Don't just show people financials. They won't understand them because they've never been taught them in our schools. That's just the way that it is. I don't know of anywhere in the world that teaches financial literacy to the level we need it. Now, that being said, uh, it's transparency with education. Those two things together, that's the secret. And when people are um, empowered with this information, your level of trust often goes way up, way up because nowhere they've ever worked has ever shared this level of information with them, much less been asked, hey, what can you do to help us move this number in the right direction? Steve, what are some of the mistakes that you're typically seeing organizations make? They've decided they want to take on great game of business, whether they're doing it in the course or doing it with a book or doing it with a coach. What mistakes are folks making uh, when trying to implement this in the organization? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones that I've seen lately, um, and I'm talking about in uh, folks that have just started playing the game or have been playing for years, is they get complacent. In other words, um, wow. We're really, really busy right now, and a lot of people are. Um, we don't have time to do our huddles. Uh, we're too busy to play mini games. We're too busy to do the practices. In other words, how we keep people informed and educated and how we keep people holding one another accountable. Those are the big mistakes. And so somebody going, I got this. I got it. You know, we play the game, you know. <laughs> And they're giving themselves a stamp of approval. And in, really, in reality, we've seen this in our own companies at SRC is you get too busy or you get uh, where things are chaotic and then you, you can't keep to the discipline and the frequency. And so you stop huddling, you stop forecasting, you stop having control of your own outcomes. That is a problem. And so I've had a few come to Jesus meetings with people uh, recently good friends that have been longtime practitioners where they go, I just don't understand why it's not the same. Um, but they still believe they've got it, you know, they got it handled. But we need to remember that the great game of destination, it certainly is a journey. It is an, it's an ongoing, unfolding kind of, I hate to use the word drama, but it is dramatic, isn't it? We try to remove as much drama as we can, but it is human. And the human experience involves drama. Thank you. 
So another question we've got is employee, employees rarely see the risk that the owner and the company has taken to create the business and keep it going. It's one thing to show owners profit, but it's another thing to share the risk side. Can you make some comments on that? Yeah, for sure. So thank you for that question, because that is the other side of the coin, isn't it, right? <laughs> There's risk. And man, have we come through some crazy years here the last couple of years. I am telling you, the only way people can understand the risk reward thing is to teach them. And so one of the ways that we do this, I imagine we'll talk about it anyway, Alex, is that um, we actually put people into uh, an incentive program where part of their compensation is variable, meaning um, that, look, we have a potential for a negative outcome in the current markets. I mean, it's just possible. And so I'm telling you that having gone on this journey myself, it isn't the easiest thing to teach. It isn't the easiest thing to take, but it is certainly the most healthy because that's reality. And what usually we do as owners is we, we just talk about the good stuff. So everybody's kind of like going, well, we know there's bad stuff. I mean, they're human. They live. <laughs> they breathe. Life is hard. So if you only give them good stuff, will they always believe it? Mm, probably not always. And when you do have something bad and you try to sugarcoat it, they really won't believe you then. They're not. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to say you guys all think that they're dumb, that you don't. I know that but they ain't dumb. Let's tap the smarts. Let's go. Let's get them to a higher level of thinking. And yeah, we, we will have tough times. There's no question, but I'd much rather have that be the crucible, you know, where we, you know, that's the, the uh, ceramic uh, vessel where you put molten metal into, and it's got to go through the crucible to mix the alloys and make the stronger stuff. You've heard this before, I'm sure, but it's hard and it's hot and it's dangerous and it's infuriating and it's, and it's scary. But in the end, when you come through, you come out stronger as a team. Thank you. So maybe we can go a little bit deeper on the incentive structure that sure. you talk about in Great Game of Business. We don't have time, obviously, to get into all of it, but That's okay. maybe a, a high-level overview of, of what you're seeing and, and recommending. So um, I first, as we started out, you know, I said the stake in the outcome is one of my favorite things of all times, right? Because uh, I spent all, all of my time in, in my previous before great game and SRC, um, wondering if I'd get a bonus at the end of the year, even, you know, where my wife would be like, every time we, if we tried to buy a house or we started to have, uh, you know, the family or, you know, oh my God, Joanne's pregnant again, or the, the minivan transmission blew up, you know, it's like, how do I get more money? And you never knew. And that's never a good place to be. So the way that we structure it is um, a lot of people say, okay, variable comp, I love it. Well, that doesn't mean 100% commission. I think that's a whole other conversation. We'll deal with that in the course. But what I'm talking about is people need to pay bills. We need to have a way for them to build a life. So a fixed compensation up to market, right? Up to market is where we tend to pay. And in great game companies that do it really well, then the above market, meaning if we beat market, you deserve better than market. That's the variable compensation. So it is self-funding. It's team-based because we're much more likely to get there together. And um, we pay it out in an incremental fashion through the year. So we protect the, the company first because that protects everyone else. And then we continue to, to raise that potential pool as the year goes along. So it's, it's basically paying for better performance, but it also protects the organization and the people as we go. So I, I, is that deep enough or do you want a little bit more? 
Maybe we can talk a little bit about how the bonus, like how do you come up with the bonus structure? Because I think, you know, when you think about sales, it's quite easy to understand like how a variable compensation structure might work for sales. Mm -hmm. But what about, you know, the video production team or the guys on the, you know, the manufacturing line or the the hygienists at a, at a dental practice? Where, where does it way. come in there? I love it. I love the video thing, especially. I hadn't expected you to go right to the dental technician, but it's the same thing, isn't it? It's sort of like if we don't teach people business, then the assumption is all the money's being made by sales or by the dentist or by the guy who uh, made the deal for the video to be produced. Well, the thing is, without the whole organization, this happened in Arizona, actually, I actually made the video, uh, marketing person for this uh, medical institute stand up in front of the whole group. And I said, let's attack marketing, right? And, and so everyone's going after Mary, you know, like, yeah, let's cut marketing and we'll get bonuses. It's going to be amazing. And, all. and then we did the other side of it. What if we cut marketing in half for the whole year and we massage ourselves with bonus dollars and we're like, yeah, this is awesome. And I said, what happens next year? And it was silent, dead silent, because they knew a year with half as much marketing, because they know what's happening to their own top of the funnel right now. This is one of the things that we were talking about. By teaching people the whole business, they start to go, oh, we do need IT. Oh, we need the video people. Oh my gosh, are we retaining the best dental techs? The thing is without it, if we're just in silos, what happens is people go, it just doesn't matter. I might as well go do something else. So we're after teaching the business as a whole. And then the bonus plan is based on our overall performance. So instead of it being like a flat amount for everyone, it's a percent of your earnings. So if you want to become the dentist, you can go to dental school and we will pay you a percentage of your earnings, which will be more than the person who started last Friday as a dental tech. You see what I mean, Alex? It's, it's about a percent. So what I love about this is that really great game companies, really good, great game companies, um, the CEO is in the same bonus plan as the new hire. I think that's amazing because it's a percent of your salary, right? But we're all in it together. And that way we can all be aligned to the same goal. Instead of sales having one goal and a trip to Maui and everybody else gutting it out in the heat of summer, you know what I mean? It's like, mm, what if we're all on the same team? We're probably going to beat the market and statistics show we do. That's great. Um, how do you share the downsides or, or losses with staff when things are not going so well? Yeah, well, it happens, man. It just does. And so um, the most dramatic stuff is usually um, things we can't control, right? Like COVID. And let's take COVID as one example. And let's take a recession as the other. The Great Recession. They didn't feel a lot different in the beginning, did they? It was nobody knew what to do. I don't know what's going to happen to business. Will we have jobs? Will we get a paycheck? You know, and everybody's worried about the same thing. I am going to tell you that we are really good at forecasting. We did not see COVID coming in the way that it did. We work with global OEM manufacturers, right? We remanufacture stuff for people like John Deere, Case New Holland, you know, these big Kamatsu. Well, those guys are global and they see what's going on in China in uh, fourth quarter of 2019. So we're taking all that data. We're talking to people. We're going, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's get ready. Now, the thing is, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew the government would come out with stimulus. No one even knew if we could go to the office or to the, to the factories. So the, the, what I'm trying to say is you take control of the narrative. 
you don't change the facts. What you do is you bring the facts to people and you say, we are going to take the fear out right now. And I'm telling you, we will cover this in the course too, because I have several examples from personal experience. The difference into going into tough times or a tough, let's say, business situation, uh, blind versus having the data and having some kind of um, plan of attack. This is empowerment, right? We, we at least have something to go for. And this one is completely blind and you feel like you're just going to get hammered. You don't know what's going to go on. You can't sleep at night. Now you're worried, are you going to be able to feed the kids? And oh my God, I'm telling you, being in control of your own life is the first and most predictive of your happiness. So in tough times, it just makes it better than the alternative. In good times, it makes you feel fantastic because we are making our own future. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.